It is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan along for the ride as well. Do you do the whole may the fourth be with you thing? I, you know, I don't know what you're into these days. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Star Wars guy for sure. So I didn't even know it was May 4th. So thank you for reminding yeah. me. The fourth be with you. Here's your buddy, Chris Archer. Yeah, I think mine's yeah. right there. You see him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Excellent. Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, we have a lot to cover from wet, uh, Wednesday's games, uh, looking ahead to Thursday as well. But unquestionably, in our opinion, the most important thing that came out of Wednesday was that Liam Hendricks met the media for the first time since announcing that he was cancer-free. Here is the White Sox all-star closer. It was never a thing to me where I ever worried. Like, I never self-involved and looked into it as a why me thing. I looked at it as a why not me. I mean, as of, as some of you may understand, I, I tend to have a little little rosier perspective on life than uh, than Gen Pop. So that was my that was my process behind it. I'm like, look, I've got this. This is my next challenge, and we started looking into ways that we can make make good of this. Uh, make like uh, whether it be awareness, whether it be uh, like any sort of donations, whether it be helping out people in similar situations we looked at it as an opportunity awesome dude so happy for him and uh if you've if you've ever spoken with liam he is different i love it he said i tend to look at things a little differently than gen pop which made (laughs) that was a good one that was really good because he is a little bit different uh baseball tends to be a very conservative sport that's not who he is He has always taken a leadership role. He uh, was the face, essentially, of the White Sox Pride Night. Uh, He made it very important that he and his wife stood out front. While there are some in sports who haven't done that. Um, When the pandemic was starting, he and his wife, once again, meals to the people on the front lines. He has always been active in his community. And the fact that he faced this head-on does not surprise me. Yeah, he's had quite some journey to get where he's at. I think that's why he has this outlook on life. I mean, he came up, you know, with the twins and, you know, wasn't really like a a high-touted prospect. He got there as a starter, didn't really work out. And he's just put the work in, dude. He's put the work in and changed himself, obviously, into one of the better relievers in all of baseball. Uh, and I think because he's overcome that, some early struggles in his career, and then just found that like perseverance wins, uh, he's able to have this outlook. And so I think he probably took that into this battle. And like he said, he's looking for the positives in it because he knew that like if he just you know stuck to the process, that uh, chances are that he was going to come out of this thing looking good. And, and and he has. And you're right, man. Like turning himself into a leader, being part of the community, that's big for him. And uh, every time I see him, you know, kind of doing stuff like this, it just makes me happy because I, I saw the early struggles and I love where he's at now. Yep. Happy for him. Excited for him. And we'll love it when we see him back on the mound, which could be in the very near future on the south side of Chicago. Awesome for he and his wife, Christy. I think it's it's fantastic. Very quickly, the White Sox have won three in a row, including a couple over the Minnesota Twins. Last night, it was Keenan Middleton that got the save opportunity, and he was fired up afterward. Now, this is a guy that has kind of played a a bit role 
in his time in the big league, spent most of his career out in the American League West competing against the Houston Astros. And so he still harbors some ill will against the likes of Carlos Correa. He said, I even noticed I was going to face Correa in the ninth inning, ended up getting him on a one-two pitch to finish the game. And he said, yeah, good. I'm happy. That guy's a cheater. Very rarely have we heard guys outwardly talk about either current Astros who are still there or past Astros, guys like Correa, and use it as motivation. Did that surprise you a little? A little bit. I mean, you're allowed to have your opinions and, you know, we all know what, you know, came out of the, you know, 2017 team there with the Astros. Obviously Correa was a part of it and it is going to follow him wherever he goes. Um, it doesn't really do much for me. If this, if he wants to use it as motivation, sure. Uh, but I don't think Carlos Correa is going to let that bother him. I think he'll be all right. No, no, it won't let him. No. I mean, I, it, it won't bother him at all. I just thought that it was kind of interesting that now six years after the fact that a guy's bringing it up and trying to use it as fuel. I, th- I think, look, I think around baseball, you'll find a lot of guys with that opinion. Uh, a lot of guys were not happy with, you know, what went down, uh, myself included. Uh, I'm kind of now, I feel like enough time has passed and we've kind of, you know, talked about it enough where it just kind of doesn't, phase me anymore i don't even think about it to be honest with you most of the time Mm -hmm. Uh, but clearly he still harbors some ill will towards them all right let's move on uh thursday's a big day for the new york mets of course they get just got swept in a double dip in motown but today marks the debut of justin verlander and because of the timing release of this show it'll be going on while verlander is pitching so we'll be talking about that part of the equation most likely on friday's show This comes just uh, 24 hours after Verlander's current and former teammate in Detroit, Max Scherzer, made his return from his 10-game suspension for the foreign substance ban. He did not look good at all. And the Mets' starting rotation has not looked great. Mm -mm. Are you worried big picture about this, or do you think now with Verlander back and hopefully Scherzer getting back into some sort of rhythm, that everything should be okay. I sure hope they don't have to deal with this kind of like inconsistency the whole year because they, they put together a strong rotation, at least on paper. Uh, you know, we haven't seen Verlander at all this year. We haven't seen Quintana at all this year. If you match those two guys up with Sanga, who's been pretty dang good. He's, he's been erratic mm-hmm. at times and walked a little bit too many people uh, without those walks. His numbers would look much better. Um, Scherzer, I think we'll figure it out. I'm not too worried about him. His spin was down a little bit last night. His velo was down a little bit last night, but that could have just been because of the layoff. I'd like to see another start out of him. And then, you know, Cookie has not looked good and he's on the IL right now. So with all those guys healthy and going right, like you could dream upon that rotation, you know, but you can't expect that to happen all year long. So some of the guys that have come up and and replaced them, like, you know, McGill's looked okay, serviceable, uh, but the depth was tested and I don't know if the depth is there for them. So if they're going to rely on these guys to be healthy all year and then do their thing, you know, I guess that's one way to look at it. Uh, I always tend to say you need more and more and more. So it wouldn't surprise me if the Mets went and did something um, at the deadline. I think that uh, JV coming back will be a nice little, we'll see. We'll see how it looks. If he comes back and, and writes the ship and you have JV looking like Cy Young winner JV, I think that things will look a lot better for them, obviously. And maybe he'll spark the rest of the rotation. Um, but they're going to have to call upon some depth. And I don't know if they necessarily have it within the organization right now. 
tough that you're relying on a 40 year old to be able to kind of maybe save a portion of your franchise. But I think you're right on, to be honest with you. Do you know that today Verlander will be the 10th different starting pitcher the Mets have used in their 32nd game? And that is alarming. But we did talk about this during spring training and we asked, is the rotation too old? Right. You've got a 40 year old, a 38 year old cookies, what, 36 or something like that. Senga, the new kid in town is 30. They don't have a lot of up and coming guys that you're like, oh, here we go. You know, it's. It's tough, it's tough, and there are there's a portion of Mets fans that wonder if all this money we spent was wise money spent in the offseason. I think it was wise money spent. Okay, I get like, look, once Furlander gets back here, I think we're all going to be looking at this a little bit different. I have extreme faith in this guy to go out there and do it. I don't care about his age. He's proven that he can do it. He'll be fine. Uh, I think Scherzer's a little bit more concerning with me, uh, seeing those the velocity dip as much as it did. Uh, he talked about having some struggles, you know, figuring out his rhythm out of the stretch. Um, the spin is interesting. He said he didn't change anything in his routine. Maybe it was the cool air. He couldn't get a grip on the ball. Not so sure about that. Uh, we'll, we'll have to keep a lookout on that. Uh, but again, to me, it's like you you bring these guys in who have that age. I'm not going to call it a problem, but you know, they're a little up there in age. I feel like you need to have some real good depth pieces to to call on. And and you mentioned ten starters already. They've called upon them and they haven't done exactly, you know, what they needed them to do. Although they've they've held the float, the record is there. Overall, yes, the but team. they've only. The starters have given only four quality starts so far. That yeah, is the second fewest in all of baseball. That's not going to be good enough. And it's always interesting because when you look at, there's a fine line between experienced and old. And you just never know when a player is going to jump that line. Like I, I remember um, talking about the Phillies, you know, the team that won in 08, the team that made it to the World Series in 09. And then the team that lost to the Cardinals in 2011. And then right after that, they kind of fell off a cliff. So they went from this grizzled, tough, veteran-laden squad to, oh, my God, they're getting lapped by these kids. And you just want – at some point, Justin Verlander is going to be 55 years old and he won't be able to do what he was doing at 30. Sure. But last year he did it. Exactly. Think and think about this rotation. If all back and we're in June, right, and we have Verlander leading the way with Scherzer, whose veto comes back, because I I really believe it will. He'll be okay. Uh, Senga, Quintana, and Lucchese, Like that sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. That's if they're all healthy, though. I guess that's the point of the. Don't question. forget about DP too. He can he can throw it a little bit from that left side as well. All right, let's talk about New York's other team, if you don't mind. The New York Yankees, congratulations to that series win over Cleveland with a come from behind and eventual walk-off win with a bunch of serviceable serviceable parts doing their job. However, before the game, the GM of the depleted Yankees spoke with the media. Don't count us out. Don't give up on us. But we're not currently flying at the level that you know we would have expected because we're missing some really important pieces, which I think anybody would acknowledge. But in the meantime... It's also part of it, and you got to withstand it. So um, we got to find a way to continue to, to tread some water at the very least and not slide too far out of it while, uh, while we're waiting on some important pieces to come back. 
Some would say he used the injuries as an excuse. Do you hear it that way? And if so, do you think that flies in New York? I don't really hear it as an excuse. I mean, it, it is what has happened to their roster. I mean, these guys have been injured. And I know it's kind of been like a uh, a storyline with the Yankees over the last couple of years is keeping guys on the field. But I mean, look, when you go into a season and that's, and, and this is what we're talking about, like roster construction, like that's what a, a general manager does. Like he puts a roster together. Like you, you envision your team healthy. You understand there's going to be injuries. So like you have to have your acquired depth that, you know, guys that you think could step up in those, in those situations. But for the most part, and you're thinking like at least 80% of the year, we're going to have our guys. And they just haven't had that, whether it be in the rotation uh, with Rodon and Severino, like getting those guys back will be awesome for them. Um, whether it be having Judge and Stanton in the lineup every single day posting up. I know you can't expect that necessarily out of Stanton, but um, you want him in there more often than not. I think where everyone you know that follows the Yankees, what they talk about is, well, like, okay, with a healthy lineup, yeah, we're great, but we're calling upon guys right now that maybe shouldn't necessarily be our debt pieces. We expect to have better debt pieces. Although, like you mentioned, Willie Calhoun got the job done the other day. Jake Bowers has come up and done some things. Uh, but I think that's what Yankee fans expect. Just they wanted their depth to be a little bit, uh, I guess, more proven, if you would. So I think that's really? where that lies. But as far as, but as far as, you know, using injuries as an excuse, I don't think he's using it as an excuse because it, it is what has happened to their lineup. What what do Yankee fans want? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like I, I think, you know, they're still bitching and moaning about the Kiner Falefa Donaldson deal. You're a year and a half past that. Let's move on. There are, you could look at every team and say the same thing. Sure. And now if you want to go back and say, you shouldn't have traded for Giancarlo Stanton five years ago, because you knew that he was a walking bandaid. Fine. You want to say that, that great. I, I guess I'll listen to you on, on stuff like that. If you want to say that you shouldn't have traded for Josh Donaldson, that, Oh, we'll look at what Matt Chapman's doing. Well, Matt Chapman, he went down before he went back up, right? He's been pretty solid. He's, he's been pretty been solid. great this year. But well, this year numbers, and the other years. His his numbers dipped a little bit, and then they have come back up. It's just sure. I, I don't know exactly what Yankee fans want. I mean, Aaron Hicks had a few good years. You end up signing him to a deal, and at the time, everybody's like, oh, my God, we're only paying Aaron Hicks $10 million a year. And now every, you know, he's everybody's, you know, favorite target practice. I, I just don't know what New York Yankee fans want. Aaron judge is out of the lineup. Giancarlo Stanton is out of the lineup when they're in the lineup. They're not the best team in the American league. I don't think they're the best team in the American league East right now, based on what I've seen. The one team that's always able to withstand whatever gets thrown their way is the Tampa Bay Rays. And they're built with a bunch of players that nobody wants. Yeah, the Dodgers too. Yeah. I think that's what people expect. It's it's you look at some of these teams and it's a handful. It's it's the Braves, it's the Dodgers, it's the Astros, I guess it's the Rays, you include them in them in there as well, but when their guys get injured, it seems like whenever they call somebody up, they get the job done. Whether it's just serviceable or you know, you have guys like Outman that come up and just crush the ball. Like that's what teams like the Yankees want to be on that tier of teams. And they expect that the fans do. And they just, as far as like 
bringing players up to perform. They haven't done that. We've seen, you know, Volpe's been better as of late, but overall his numbers mm-hmm. are just okay. Uh, Cabrera and Peraza are getting a lot of run right now. Those numbers aren't looking good. So, like, I think they expect those are your highly touted guys that, you know, shouldn't be, like, leading the way in a healthy lineup. But right now they have to, they have to take a bigger role. And they just haven't performed to, I guess, to expectations. Except, correct me if I'm wrong, weren't these the same Yankee fans that were saying, where the hell's Volpe last year? Like, you, this yeah, is what you yeah. asked for. Yeah. So you were like, play the young kids. You cannot have it both ways. So stop. Aaron Judge will be back soon, we think. Volpe has been okay. He hasn't been great. He has not Volpe's been come, Volpe has come on as of late and done really well. I think that he, like, in a role that he should have, which is not batting, I don't think he should be up at the top right. of the lineup. He shouldn't he should be, be down the bottom. That's a different look on his numbers. Uh, he's just being yes. thrust into a situation because of injuries where the, he gets highlighted a little bit more. Uh, and I think he's he's been the best of those three that I mentioned. It's just like I said, when you look around the league, some of these teams are able to bring up players and they perform at a high level right away. And whether that's player development, whether that's just good scouting, there's a lot of different reasons for it. I think the Yankees fans want Yankees fans want that and haven't been able to really get it in recent years at all. Okay. All right. Let's move on from the East Coast to the West Coast. Bigger Los Angeles home run. Max Muncy with the walk-off grand slam as they came back against the Phillies ended up sweeping a homestand against the Cards and the Phils. Or Mike Trout leading a come-from-behind victory with a two-run shot or a go-ahead solo shot, sorry, in the ninth inning uh, in St. Louis. What a freaking homestand for the Dodgers, right? Are you kidding yeah. me? That's Pretty good. nuts. I'm sorry. I, I guess maybe I brought the bad juju to the Phillies uh, and the Cardinals. Gosh, I went to see both those teams you. play. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Trout, though. Uh, you know, L, uh, the Angels. I almost called them L.A. I don't really consider that L.A., but the Angels you know, have been playing decent ball. They go in there, and they absolutely break the Cardinals, dude. They broke the Cardinals. Lamb with the tying home run. Um, Trout with the go-ahead home run, Rendon with the insurance run there. It was uh, it was really cool to see them do that after the game. I watched this like eight-minute interview with Ali Marmol and him just talking about his decision to bring in Gallegos and not bring Helsey back out there. And man, like I actually enjoyed what he had to say. I thought it was a really insightful interview, but you can just tell they are searching and broken there right now. Not that's not to say they can't fix it. And I know I'm kind of going on a tangent now about the Cardinals, but I just I watched this last night. I wanted to talk about it today on our show. They are seemingly doing everything they can, according to Ormal. They're working hard. The coaches are, you know, doing extra work trying to figure out what to do. They think they have the players, they think they're doing the right things. They're they're, you know, game planning is correct. All these things they just haven't been able to put together wins. And it just seems to me like they are they're scrambling. Like it's they're in they're, they're in a rut and they just don't know what to do to get out of it. And the only thing they continue to tell themselves is to continue to push and to continue to go. And I think that might be the right attitude to have, but this is typically not like the way that you envision the Cardinals like approaching games. Um, yeah, that was a big I, homer. I, I want to t- try and take a look at it from the Angels perspective, if you don't mind a few things. First of all, that was Trout's first ninth inning go ahead homer in eight years which is crazy to think about with his you know his 
much as he's done in this game, he would have figured he would have run into one at some point. Um, and I think it also allowed us to celebrate and enjoy what Shohei Otani did again yesterday. 13 yeah. strikeouts in five innings. I think that's tied for the most or fourth most or something like in terms of fewest innings thrown with most strikeouts. I know Granke's done it. I know that DeGrom's done it. 13 Ks in five innings. That means you're recording 15 outs and 13 of those guys are walking back to the dugout saying, what the hell did I just face? And oh, by the way, he got three hits. And oh, by the way, he joined Babe Ruth as the only players in uh, baseball history with 500 strikeouts on the mound and at least 100 homers hit. So we continue to just enjoy what he's doing. I got my tangent off about the Cardinals. I do want to talk about the Angels, and we kind of relate it to back to the last question. You know, they bring in these guys, uh, Hunter Renfro and Brandon Jury, and I'm not saying those are going to be debt pieces because they're obviously going to be thrust into a starting role, but you bring in guys like this, these guys have performed. I mean, Renfro right now has 120 OPS plus. Uh, Jury's been getting hot as of late. Um, this is kind of what, like, you know, Yankee fans might want. I'm happy for the Angels. They've had, um, you know, I think their starting pitching's been okay. But the team is the team has looked good. I'm not going to say they look great. The team has looked good, uh, but mm-hmm. they won eight of the last twelve, Chris. So, mm-hmm. yeah, trajectory upward trajectory pointing up. Uh, yes. And by the way, for all you Dodger fans who are saying why don't why don't we uh, talk more about the Dodgers, we will certainly get to them because tomorrow, you know who they start a series against San Diego. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, that'll be a fun one down there in San Diego. They so. look, I mean, you want to talk about them? They look great. I mean, it's someone yeah. different every freaking night for them. Like they just have yeah. almost like a relentlessness to them where it's like, hey, you might get through the first four or five innings unscathed, but like you still got all these outs to get. Good luck. That's how it feels when and you play the Dodgers. Yesterday, they started their number four prospect, Gavin Stone, on the mound. I thought he threw the ball okay. You know, he, he did get knocked around a little bit, but, you know, I mean, it was his big league debut. Uh, his brother is making his mm-hmm. Blitzball Battle 3 debut tonight, part of McFlurry Power. Uh, they'll be out there. Who are they taking on? Who's Como. Oh, Como from, uh, from Columbia, Missouri. There are a couple of college kids from the University of Missouri, and uh, they are Blitzball players. So we'll see. Yes. They're kind of outsiders joining our party. We'll see how they do. So make sure you tune into that tonight, six o'clock Eastern. Everybody will be in the chat. So far, the three games have been amazing. Kind of fun. Yes. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit after this last thing, which I would like to bring up. Wander Franco. Yeah. It is the play that everybody outside <laughs> of baseball is talking about with the rarely seen Wee. mid-air ball flip while fielding <laughs> a grounder and then throwing it to first. Super cool or too casual? I mean, did he make the play? He made the play, right? So it's cool. We're going to drop that ball. We've been talking about this a little bit differently. Uh, it, I don't know. It's it's something. I don't mind it because, like I said, he finished the playoff, and he is, I mean, he can do whatever he wants on a baseball field right now, seemingly, right? Like he has the ability to change games in a second. And he also has the ability to play like a little kid on the field. It's awesome to watch. Kind of remind me, like, do you remember like when Miguel Sano took a ground ball and kissed it before he threw it across kissed the it. diamond? Mm-hmm. Very, very similar to that. And I, I don't, I would never do it, uh, but I had fun watching it. I guess that's my take. Did you do it. that? 
you could you could do that, right? Could everyone in the big leagues can do that, but would they do it in a game? That's the difference. Do you have the balls to do that in a game? Yeah, so the game wasn't close. Kevin Cash was asked about it afterward and said about three words, like or four words or whatever it was. He made the play. And that was yeah. it. I mean, I, you could tell he didn't like it because no, I don't think he Cash wanted to would, condone Cash it. Cash 100% did not like that. Okay. But, but also, I mean, what's he going to do? Right. And um, I mean, it, I think it's good for baseball. It's fun. It does have a lot of people that don't talk about the sport talking about it last night on social media. Like there are people who are strictly in the football space and they're like, this is the coolest thing I've seen on a baseball diamond. Why? I'm. He flipped the ball up to himself. I mean, look, again, during a game is different, but like, you know, technically speaking, that's a just anyone could do that. Okay, then do it. Let's see more people do it. Seriously, I didn't have a, set a I didn't trend. Have, I didn't have $300 million like just waiting for me. I couldn't do that, okay? If I did have that contract, shit, you might have seen me do some silly stuff. I'm going to play hacky sack with the ball before I threw it over there. Okay. I like seeing it. I dig it. I'm on board with it. Wander's comfortable, uh, Chris. He's comfortable. I know. Yeah, I was. Were you surprised <laughs> at all some of the backlash he received? I don't know. Who was giving him backlash? A bunch of old people? No, there were some people who... I'll tell you this. I saw a young person. I'm sure she's in her twenties that works at a place I used to work at. Who was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Why? I don't know. Okay. I don't Yeah. You had to explain to me why it's so ridiculous. I mean, you're, I, I mean I the only thing either. you can say is like, you're, you're giving yourself a chance to make an air, put a base runner on and have your pitcher throw more pitches which is, you know, I understand that part of it, but he made the play. Right. He made the play. Made the play. Yeah, I mean, look, if he dropped that ball, Chris, it's completely different. This situation is differently. We're not saying like, oh, like that that was fun. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, come on. But he didn't. But but he didn't, exactly. But he didn't. It's just like when we see guys do their stuff on the mound where Johnny Cueto is doing this and Nestor Cortez is doing this. And then if they end up hitting a guy and then the next guy hits a home run and then they end up losing the game, but he didn't, but he didn't. Did you do that? That's the question. I can't do that standing up with, without the ball. I can't, I can't. I'm going to film a video today of me in my backyard fucking doing that. Please. I I hope you do. I hope you do. All right. uh, Blitzball battle three continues tonight. Warehouse games, uh, join us live in the chat. We've been getting over like 2,000 people in the live chat, which has been awesome. Go tell your friends the series has been amazing. Uh, every team will have played tonight. one game. Oh, it is a big game. Every team will have played one game after tonight. Series continues every Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we are back at it at Friday. We will preview a couple of huge series. Tampa, New York, L.A., San Diego. Talk to you about Verlander, a few other things that are happening in the crazy baseball world for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.